Hello everyone, happy Friday and welcome back to my podcast which is At the Corner of Peace of Mind with your host Trinity Gwen. I'm trying out intros and I wanted to make sure that I like this one and I think I do. So going forward after all these episodes, before the episode starts, I'm sorry, I'm going to, you know, talk about my day, make sure you're settling in, making sure you're refreshed, you're calm and collected. Um, before we, like, immediately dive in, you know? So, I'm gonna talk about my, um, uh, my decision after high school, or, you know, I'm, as you didn't know already, I am a high school graduate, a newly high school graduate. I graduated high school May 26th, or May 27th, or 28th. The reason why I'm hesitant about those three days is because we were supposed to graduate on one day, but it rained. So we had to postpone it until the weekend. So it it was one of those dates. I'm glad that um, whoever was in charge of making the diploma said the graduate, this graduate graduated in May 2021 because, you know, the date's mixed up. But before I get into my tangent or because I can can go on for a little bit sometimes, I want to say whatever path everyone's choosing after high school is an important one and I want to acknowledge that because for so long we've been told that college is the traditional way and in order to be successful you must go to a four-year college and that's just not the case it's not and I didn't want anyone who decided to not go who who is not going to college feels like their their path was diminished in a way so I congratulate everyone who has graduated this year either it was high school college eighth grade kindergarten (laughs) anybody and going forward I hope nothing but success for everyone who's gonna be a a teacher a doctor um if you're going to trade school if you're going to be a hairstylist for cosmetology school if you're going to community college you're way financially smarter than all of us because (laughs) college is a scam but I do want to say um congrats to everybody as well oh also the people who are going to do internships and apprenticeships and fellowships and all of that you know it's it's how you make it don't live like everybody else so we also want to say um our majors change all the time you think you're going to go into one major um, your freshman year, but your senior year, you end up with something completely different. That what ha- That's what happened to most of my teachers. I think my English teacher said she was going to go into political science, and she ended up as an English teacher. And my, so- my psychology teacher wants to be in government, or he wanted to do some other course, but he ended up with psychology at the very last minute. You know, there's tons of examples, and I can go on and on, but I'm going to be very transparent here and say that um, I want to be a zoologist, but it still surprises me that I changed my major so fast. Because, you know, when you're, you're confronted with, like, a really big decision, or any decision, really, you give yourself time to think about it. I thought of it just like that, you know? Um, it actually started when I, when I, um, when I was scheduling my classes, 
And I was like, man, zoology, first of all, zoology is broad. Like it's a very broad major. Whenever someone asks me, okay, you want to be a zoologist. So what are you going to do? And I can say now that I didn't know what I wanted to do exactly. I was just like, I just want to work with animals and I want to teach people about animals. So I guess, you know, and I, I was really interested in animal behavior, animal behavior. That's what I want to study the most because it really interested me in how some animals um, had different defense mechanisms than other animals and how this animal relies on this body part more than this animal, which doesn't rely on that body part, you know? It was, it was really interesting to me, but obviously since zoology is so broad, you have to know the core of everything. And I was like, man, I like science, but not this much. And the subject that I do like a lot that I would see myself dedicating my life to is English. I, I don't know what career path that would take me. So that's why I decided to go into the exploratory program and something with an English foundation, an English base that lets me use my um, skill for English, I guess. Uh, I like writing prompts. I always liked Socratic seminars after you hit, you know, after you stop being so nervous that you're in a Socratic seminar and essays and book discussions because I do love to read and we're going to talk about books maybe in another episode for sure. But what I'm getting with is your major changes a lot and don't beat yourself up about it because we're still technically changing majors after college. Yeah, you know, cuz you could you could get <laughs> you can find yourself in one area and then you're like, "Man, I don't like this. Maybe I'll go in another position." All the time. Um also another major I'm, I'm really looking into is film. I've always loved capturing the moment and making movies and well not movies making like little videos from my vacations or little things that I do around school and they always made me feel good to make those and I always made other people people feel good and I always liked the outcome of that. How that started really was from <laughs> Um, my first little, like, my first technology thing. You know what I mean? I, before I got an actual phone, like a touchscreen phone, I had my track phones and stuff. You know, those phones. But before I got a phone, I got the iPod Touch. Now, the iPod Touch was probably one of the newest things that came out from Apple, and if I'm not mistaken, the year was maybe 2009, 2010, and I was born in 2003, so I was about, you know, six, seven, yeah, around, I was around that time when I got the iPod Touch. And even four years later, they came up with the first iPhone, and I didn't get my first iPhone until I was like in sixth grade. And the funny thing about that was because everybody had either the iPhone 5C, 5S, or the 5. And this was around the time when they came out the iPhone 6. It was bigger, it was it was sleek, and I was one of the first people to get it. And that was my first iPhone? I, I don't know who I thought I was, but I, I definitely felt um, top tier. You know what I mean? So, back to the iPod. 
I got it for Christmas. Those were like one of my big gifts that I got or the gift that I paid attention to the most because it was like, oh, this is my first. This is something I don't have to use my mom's my mom's oven. I have to give it back to her. This is mine. So when I got it, it <laughs> it was already decked out. And backstory with my sister and me, my mom would always dress us up in pink all the time. And now that we're older, we can't stand pink. Now, it's not like we don't like pink. Like, oh, I will never buy something pink. Let's just say that if we're going shopping together or we're going shopping at all, it's not something we're looking for. You know, like if it's cute, if it's really nice and we really like it and it just so happens to be pink, we'll get it. We're not going to get something like, oh, I like it, but it's pink, you know. I just really don't have a lot of pink in my wardrobe because because of my mom. She would not let me breathe from not getting anything else that wasn't pink. So it had this pink, um, the iPod Touch had this pink OtterBox case. And if you know the OtterBox cases, they have like a, a plastic hard shell that goes on top first. And then the rubber that goes like in between like the crevices of the, of the plastic. So... The thing, the reason why I remember this so much is that I still have it. And, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an important relic, so I might turn it back on. And the last time I turned it on, it was like I was time traveling because it was on iOS 6. <laughs> it was on iOS 6 at the time. And that's when I updated it. It was like, it's ready for an update, and it only came up to iOS 6. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure we're on, like, 15 or 14 right now. But either way, um, it's, it's smaller than I remember, obviously, because I got bigger and my hands fit perfectly at the time. But how small it was, where it is right now. So picture, hold out your hand and just imagine the iPod Touch like in, the, in your palm. Now, how big, how small it is now in my hand, it's, it's like the bottom of it will be at the start at the bottom of my wrist if that makes sense so like where your wrist ends and your hand your hand and your wrist kind of begin it starts there and right where my fingers start you know not the top of your fingers but where your fingers connect to your hand that's how small it is that's how it fits in my hand so it depends you know your hands can be bigger so it could just fit right in your palm, you know, but, um, I would film like little movies with all of my dolls and stuff. And I was not aware of iMovie at the time. I don't even know if iMovie came out or was that relevant yet, but I would just turn on the camera app and make movies with my dolls. Now my dolls were all diverse. Like, Whatever doll that I liked at the store, I got it. And I was like, this was nice because I didn't have specific Bratz dolls. I didn't have Barbie dolls. I mean, I did have both, but it wasn't like, I want this Barbie doll. And then I want the Barbie doll with the pink dress and the one with the yellow. Yeah, no, they were all just different. All of the Barbie dolls were just from different brands. I kind of forgot some of the brands. But if I hear it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I do remember those. And I did have that one. Like, I will point it out if they show, like, a picture of them. So, um, it came to a point where I was like, my dolls need a prop. 
Like, they need something to transport themselves in. So, this was back in my, in Toys R, when Toys R Us was still open. Man, that see, that feels so weird that Toys R Us is just gone. I mean, I still, I forget about it sometimes. I'm just like, this is when, this is where Toys R Us used to be. Because sometimes I go back down to the city, I'm like, oh, this is the Toys R Us I used to go to all the time. Kids will never know what Toys R Us is. <sighs> Yikes. Now I feel old. When it comes to toys and, and shows and stuff, that's when I feel old. But if it's like music, eh, people listen to everything. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> why Toys R Us is relevant right now is because I was a Toys R Us kid. Meaning, whenever my birthday came around, they would mail me coupons. And... They, I don't remember how much they would be. I think they were like 10% or 50%. It was a good little amount, you know? So I wanted a car for my dolls, right? And I didn't know exactly which one I wanted or if I saw it on a commercial because that's when we had cable at the time and now everyone just does streaming. I don't know anybody who has cable anymore. I mean, cable's still in full swing, but all I see is people who use Fire Stick and you know, just streaming apps. So, um, I went into Toys R Us with the intention of getting a con- remote control car for my dolls. And it was raining that day, I remember. And it was at night. It was, it was pretty dark. It was dark and it was raining. And we went in. The, t- the store seemed pretty empty because it was nighttime and, you know, I'm pretty sure all the kids were, like, went to sleep. And it was raining and nobody wants to come out and be like, we can just get the toy tomorrow. It's raining. But I think we were probably out at the time and we just went to go get it. Or maybe I just made my parents go get it with me. But I ended up buying this, the Barbie pink Corvette. And because, you know, everything that Barbie owns is pink. And that was the only exception. And I liked this one. See, when I was younger, I still liked pink things. Um, It's just... I don't think I'd ever see myself wholeheartedly just intentionally buying a pink outfit. You know what I mean? So it was a coupe. I remember too. It was a pink Corvette and it was remote controlled. And there was, I don't know if this was on my iPod touch, but I basically tried to get the shot. You know, those 2000 movies where they zoom in on the license plate and eventually you see the car just driving off in the opposite direction. I was trying to get a um a shot like that. It was very corny. So, if I can figure it out, if I can figure out a way to get it to my phone and it's not embarrassing enough um or if it if it's not that embarrassing for me to post it on the podcast's Instagram, maybe I'll show it. But I'll spare myself the embarrassment if if it's if it's too cringe. So we're going to dive in into what we're actually going to be talking about. That took 15 minutes. That was a 15 minute um, tangent about college and majors. But anyway, this is what the podcast is for, sort of. So we're going to be talking about self-expression and how it took a lot of us to find it, find our own sense of identity. And then I'll talk about Finding your identity 
and my forms, my own forms of self-expression. Now, before I say anything, I want to say that I am not a licensed psychologist. I'm not a counselor. This is solely based on experience because you know you hear a lot of people say that they just want you to feel like I mean I'm not giving you professional advice you know this is just this is solely based on experiences and we can only learn from there so I want to talk about how the media talks about how what things are pretty and what things are not pretty and what things are accepted and what's not um, accepted so as far as me personally, a black woman, I didn't really see a lot of black representation when I was younger until around like 2009 because that's when, that's when um, Princess and the Frog came out and that was our first black Disney princess. I mean, our only black, um, black Disney princess now still. But there was not a lot of, not in the media, not in a positive way, if that makes sense. I'd say our hair was always seen as something unprofessional and unkept and just not desirable. And I later learned when I was older that I was I was always kind of like why would I talk why why would I talk bad about my hair like that? I love my hair considering um how it has its own mind and it just doesn't do what I asked it to do. <laughs> I still love my hair regardless. But either way, um, I always wanted my hair straight. And I always wanted it how um, white girls and in magazines and stuff would want it. Um, and I showed a picture of it one day because one day I was getting my hair flat ironed for the first time or for the first couple of times. And I showed my mom this and I was like, I want my hair like this. And it was just like long and flowy and had kind of like curled waves, like kind of spiraled curls at the end, but not like Shirley Temple curls. They were like just really loose waves. And my mom, she had just gave me this glare that I realized when I was older, I was like, no. Um, if my hair was long, it, it would do that. But it's my hair is not like that in its natural state. And I've learned to love black hair for the way that it is because it's shown me how I can perceive myself in society, especially around a group of people that don't look like me and how I can make a mark on other people and make people that look like me or you know, just regular people make them feel comfortable for expressing how they want to look. That's not seen so much in the media. You know, black hair defies gravity in every way, in every single way. And I honor that with like my afros and my twist outs and my my ponytails. That's basically just me putting like a, a shoelace around my hair and then just pulling it up because <laughs> I really can't deal with my hair sometimes. That's why um, it's always kind of like put in the protective style because one I love my protective styles and two I'm trying to grow my hair because I really love big hair think Diana Ross hair eventually when I'm older I want my hair to look like Diana Ross's also <laughs> if anyone ever asked me who I wanted to meet and who I'd want to sit and have dinner with it would be Tracy Ellis Ross that is Diana Ross's uh, Diana Ross's uh daughter 
Tracy Ellis Ross is the second coming and I stand by that. So, <laughs> um, I, when I was my sophomore year of high school, I went crazy with box spray colors because my mom, she did not want me to dye my hair. She was like, you can dye your hair when you're grown. And I wasn't grown at the time. So we came to an agreement to get, um, we came, we came in the middle and was like, I'll get box spray with colored hair in it and I won't dye my hair. How's that sound? And it was like, you know, she was cool with it. So all of sophomore year, I would either have like a, a red, a, let me see, let me go over the colors that I've gone through. The colors that I didn't try yet were orange and pink, mainly orange and pink because pink, because I told you my, my, mom put me in a lot of pink and I didn't really care for it orange I didn't want to look like a traffic cone and there were any orange hair colors that was like really that caught my eye but now I've I'm really tempted to dye my hair a copper brown it looks really pretty on black women and I really want I really want that on my hair and it just it's not the same when it's like in, in box braids, cause your root is a different color and the box braid color doesn't match. So it's like, you gotta go, you go all the way in. So that's a, that's the, that's the copper orange I would try. But the colors I have tried are red, yellow, considering yellow is my favorite color, that yellow in my head did not turn out great. I don't know what happened. I don't know if my braids or like my hair was like rubbing on stuff. But after like a couple of days, it turned into this tingy greenish lime color. And I was like, what is this? So I immediately took that out. At this point, my mom was doing my hair. She was doing my box braids. That's why I got to do them so many times. Um, I've done blue. I've done purple a couple of times. I think I've done purple as many times as, as I did red. And then I did green, turquoise, and silver. A lot of people loved my silver box braids because they were mixed silver and black together. So the colors weren't so abrupt from my root. Um, why do I feel like I've done more? I've done, you know, your average natural colors. Like I've done a brown, I've done 613, which was really um, a bad choice. I've done white in my head. I think that was the first color I ever put in my head. That was freshman year and I put white box braids. That was the dumbest decision I ever made. They were all white and my hair was, my hair is like a, a dark brown and it just, it just looks so stupid. And those when my mom was first starting to do box braids. So they were kind of unraveling at the end and I was in volleyball camp and I was, when they would come apart, I would, when I had free time, I would just try and rebraid them. It was too much, but um, I've started looking into more hairstyles to do and they've made me feel more feminine, just like jewelry. When I was younger, I never really cared for jewelry that much. I was just, you know, slap bracelets and those little bracelets that look like animals, those things, those, I wasn't really interested in stuff like that, but um, all the jewelry that I put on myself, like, uh, my earrings and my arm bracelets and my rings, I like to stack up my rings and I have my nose pierced. 
I've had my nose pierced for three years now and I have my ear, my nose pierced on one side and then I have my nose cuffs that I make on the other side and it just makes me feel and look more feminine to me. It's just kind of the look that I'm going for. Modern day goddess is what I'm looking This is always the look that I'm trying to go for. But um, clothing as well. Clothing, man, all the stores that I used to go to when I was little, I kind of cringe at them now because one of the stores were, were, were Justice. And Justice is, if you, if you used to shop at Justice, they, it's like every piece of clothing that they had had glitter on it or sequin, or a monkey. Like, I don't know why Justice was so um, obsessed with this cartoon monkey with the bow on it. I don't know. They don't do it anymore. Justice looks so much different now. But either way, that's those are my forms of um, self-expression and how I express myself in any environment that I'm in. Um, and music, too. But... I just talked about music in my last episode. That's why I didn't want to um, bring it up. But I do listen to a lot of music. I listen... I think I listen to more like classical the most. Or alternative the most. Those two are neck and neck. Classical music really calms me down when I'm... When I'm not in a rut. Well, in a rut too. But when I'm kind of angry. Or when I'm just feeling good. But I want to say... Uh, find something that channels you the most and will eventually <laughs> benefit you in the process, if that makes sense. I'm kind of going on a, on a tangent now again. But we, back to finding your self-expression, finding your identity, I want to say that we, just like in the media, we get all these messages of what we should do and who we should be and we make it really def- difficult to let go of those ex- expectations that we put on ourselves. Um, we see all these people living these lives and there's only that's only what they put out. And they want to make it seem like they're living their lives like this 100% of the time. And in reality, that's only like 30% of the time. And it's best not to really dive into that so much or don't give into that so much because that's only what that's only what they want you to see they don't want you to see the other side they don't want you to see what the other side of that picture is and then I want to go into finding your identity so <laughs> like I said this is the part where I'm like this is my experience this has only um helped me out you know there's other ways that you can you can find your own identity but this is, this is my start. This is where you can start. So what it means to find your own identity is basically it allows you to make your own values and make your own beliefs and your identity is solely yours and it's nobody else's. And it's something that you have to find yourself, not somebody else can find for you. Um, the ways I can help that, uh, I made five so far. It's about five. I'm looking at my list right now. So self-reflection, going back to the past and how to prevent not going back into a slump. It, I know it sucks. Not a lot of us want to go back into our past because that's kind of where we are and how we got there in the first place. But really reflecting on 
what happened in the past and how you approach things now are very crucial. So that's what, that's the first step. Um, the second is finding your interests and what works and what does not work. So what I mean is you may think you have your life figured out, but going out and trying new things and trying new habits and trying new opportunities can lead you into what you want to do. Don't play it safe. Um, the third one is to journal. I journal a lot. Um, I know it can get a little hard being on task with it and staying on top of it. Yeah. But make sure you journal everything. Journal anything. Journal what you're feeling. Journal what happened today. Journal what you eat. You know, it just start those habits and then eventually you'll be like, oh, I feel pretty good. Just writing some things out and writing what's on my chest. And maybe journaling isn't for you. Maybe it's <laughs> dancing it out. Maybe it's playing an instrument. Maybe it's exercising, you know, just really finding what works for you. So the fourth one, taking things out that don't belong and assessing yourself. So this one's a tricky one because when I mean by taking things out that don't belong, I'm really referring to people. Now, it can be hard letting go of things and letting go of people and letting go of habits that make you feel secure, but assessing yourself and making sure that you don't need this right now or don't need this ever is really important. And I think um, all of us have let go of something and it kind of hurt at, at, in, the, in the beginning, but then you realize it's what you need or it's what the other person needs or shoot, it's probably both. Um, and it, it, it's, it's okay to feel that way in the beginning. It's okay to feel that for a little while, but I also wanted to say that um, your habits are habits for a reason and not what you do on a daily basis. You know what I mean? Your habits are not supposed to stay there and letting things um, happen aren't supposed to happen either. Um, I'm being transparent on here to say that I I am a people pleaser. <laughs> I'm definitely a people pleaser. And I need to learn, I'm learning to not be that way. Yes, I, I like to see the good in everybody. I still do. And some people um, deserve the benefit of the doubt, yes. But sometimes people need them need to reflect them themselves you know I, I don't know if that makes any sense but I can't let people walk over me you know and I won't allow that um now the fifth one is very important it's accepting who you are and not what others want you to be you may have family members to tell you what you want to do just like how we were talking about in the first 15 minutes because that's important. That's why I did it. Yep. <laughs> that was for a reason. That was definitely for a reason. Um, just like how we come back to the college thing, your parents may tell you that you should be one thing because either they are the, they're in the same field as what they want you to be. Like if your parents are doctor, like you should be a doctor, you should do this. You shouldn't be this because it's the traditional way. And um, 
full transparency is on this podcast for sure. I, at first, I didn't want to go to college. I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't want to go to college at all. But it was the nerves mostly and the fear that I wouldn't succeed and the fear that I'd be away from all the people that I knew. And later, this is, as the months go by, I was like, you know, I'm going to be okay. Change is an important thing for anybody. And even though this change is going to be good, you just have to let it, you, you just have to let it be. You have to, you know, you can't, you got to go in with an open mind. <laughs> Peace of mind. Okay. Um, you shouldn't let others tell you what you should be because it's your life and it's the way that you want to live it. If you want to be a hairstylist and your mom's telling you to be a lawyer and be a hairstylist, all jobs are valid. All jobs are valid. And I, I still want to acknowledge everybody that is um, breaking the norm, pushing the standard, like pushing away from the standard that everyone should be because we only have one life to live. We have only one opportunity on this rock. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that is all that I have for today's episode. I hope you learned something and I hope you're going out into the world with a different open mind, if that makes sense. And also, just remember to stay true to yourself. Please do not conform to what other people think is traditional, just like from the beginning of the podcast episode. And I thank you for listening all the way through. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.